The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Coming up, John and Lisa Bevere help couples clear the deck and remove anything that is hindering progress. There was a season where I was, I was really upset with John. And okay, and this is embarrassing now. At the time, I thought it was dramatic, but um, I realize now it's embarrassing. But I, I said to him, "We're married, but we are not engaged." And so I took my wedding, my I kept my wedding ring on, but I took off my engagement ring for I think 18 months. I mean, just 18 months of a constant statement of "We're married, but not engaged." feel welcome. I hope, I hope you feel welcome. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I welcome you to life today. John and Lisa Bevere are back with us. Uh, we have them here often. Uh, I tell uh, John and Lisa we uh, sponsor their television ministry. We <laughs> pay for it and they come and they do a marvelous job. And uh, they have here a incredible, I think, uh, gift to share. It's called The Story of Marriage. And of course, they're talking about their marriage, but they're actually talking about marriage. It's the first institution God established, even before the church. And it's a beautiful thing he did. Mm -hmm. Only a great God could think of marriage. <laughs> and uh, the fact that we can be fruitful. Not everyone that's married has children, and some adopt children. We had children, we adopted a child. Mm -hmm. uh, but the point is that it is, it is just God's plan. Now, we know people can live together, and we've got a lot of people of the same sex that we're going to live together. I'm sure we could have people who would like to say, I'm going to live with several people of the opposite sex or the same sex and call that marriage. But the fact is, it's a man and a woman. And with that incredible gift and established institution by God, there come tremendous challenges. And John and Lisa felt very impressed to the Lord after you know 30 years of journeying in their marriage that they would share what they were learning. Not like they had arrived, but on their journey. And they really wanted young people because they had sons that were young and wanted to learn. And their friends didn't seem to get it a lot of times. So they decided to do these six DVD CD series and they put it in print and they broke it into basically daily opportunities to learn and to study and to journal and record or to talk. And I think it's just fabulous. And we're thrilled to have them here with us. Would you welcome John and Lisa Bevere? <laughs> well, we've already had fun. Yeah. And uh, I think today we're going to talk about, uh, and this is what you suggest, we might talk about some of the challenges or the friction and so forth. How do you want to approach that? Who wants to take off first? Who's well, been the biggest friction causer? I would say me. I would say me. <laughs> oh, that's good. Good start. Uh, you know, you know you, one thing that you mentioned, you know, Jesus said that it's an or organic union between a man and a woman. And Jesus literally in the Message Bible calls marriage God's art. And he said, no one should desecrate his art. And if you think about how much we value what, you know, all the great artists of the history have done, you know, if we, if we took spray paint to Mona Lisa and, and desecrated it, how would humanity react? How does heaven react yeah. when we treat lightly his art. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. When we try to redefine it, say it's between a man and a man or a woman and a woman, no, God is the one that defined it. God is the one that initiated it, defined it, and it will forever be. A marriage is between a man and a woman. And, and, and so I say that because God institutes this. The enemy wants to really bust it up. And so marriages are going to go through very, very difficult times because there is a very real enemy that wants to destroy what is very, very precious to God. And so Lisa and I have had many, many challenges, but the great news is God has brought us through every single one and we've come out better people. And so I think one of the things that we always have to figure out in marriage is how do we fight fair? Because you just don't, you know, I, Lisa and I, there was this couple when we first got married. They never fought. Lisa and I fought like crazy our first couple of marriages. And we felt like marriages. Marriage. I mean, yeah. <laughs> This is the next book. <laughs> this is the next First book. Couple marriages. Honey, it's great being married to you. <laughs> but, but you know, we felt like failures before this couple. We just felt like absolute failures. I mean, they said we'd never fought before, and we're like, oh my gosh, we fight all the time. <laughs> well. Two, three years later, they split up. They divorced. Mm -hmm. And I doubt that they were being totally honest. I, I, we kind of thought but that. Let's say that we've been yeah. married 52 years and we just have a fight nearly daily. <laughs> awesome. and they're really fun fights, but, though. But I mean, yeah, but, 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 you know, I always say, you know, Lisa, the fights add spice, you know, to our marriage. Sure. But what, what, I realized, what I realized was, okay, these guys held it in. We fought, but we hurt each other when we fought. You heard, not hurt. We hurt, hurt. We, each we other. Oh, you hurt each other? Yeah, so, we would attack well, each not, other. Let's not talk about punching. No, no. just with your words. We didn't know how to fight fair. So in other words, <laughs> instead of attacking the problem, we would attack each other's. Yes. So we had to start setting up rules, ground rules. Okay, we can argue, but we're not going to attack each other's character. Hmm, we can deal with each other's behavior mm -hmm. and appeal on that but we're not going to say you are this or you, you know. <laughs> and so things started changing to where arguments started becoming constructive, not destructive. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the things. How, that, how, how far into the marriage when that happened? That the, was like the, year the, eight. Year eight, okay. Yeah. And, but and, but and, talk okay. about the circle. Well, you know, I mean, well, I used to, I, one of the things that caused a lot of fights was I'm, I'm like, I'm the head of the home. Yep. And so I'm making the decisions, yep. and that's what we're going to do. Yeah, that's impressive. Is, I know. Yeah. It is. <laughs> James. So, this is before so, I knew you. So yeah. I'm, I'm, making, I'm making these decisions, and Lisa's saying, I don't think we should do that. And n n most of my decisions were bad. <laughs> and, and, and it was like, gosh, you were right. You were right. So one day I'm out praying, and I'm like, Okay, God, I don't get this. I pray like an hour to an hour and a half every single morning. Okay, Lisa prays version. 10 minutes in the shower. Okay, that's not exactly true. And she's right on almost everything. What is going on? It's a constant and, 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 I'll, and I'll never forget this. God said to me, he said, draw a circle. He said, now put X's in the circle. So I put X's all over the circle. I literally took a piece of paper and I drew a circle, put X's all over. He said, now draw a line right down the middle. And he said, you're not one, you're not completing yourself anymore. You're one flesh. That circle represents both of you. That left half of that circle is you. The right half is Lisa. He said, do you notice X's, all the X's? 50% of them are in that half of the circle. 50% of them are in that <laughs> half of the circle. I said, yeah. He said, those X's are the information you need from me to make good decisions. Mm -hmm. He said, you're making all your decisions off of half the X's. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. He said, you need to learn to draw out of your wife's heart what I'm putting in mm -hmm. her without making her feel intimidated. There you go. So that you can make a wise decision as a leader in the home. And that really started changing because what, what I think the way men are almost raised is you're not a man unless you're the boss. And boss means I'm dominating and I'm making all the decisions and don't try to give me your input because I'm the leader here. That is so it's stupid. It's repulsive. It's repulsive. You're making it's me stupid. Sick. And the older, older we get, the yeah. more stupid it, yeah. we realize yeah. it is. Yeah. And we, we can That's because your that estrogen tendency. level comes up. And your testosterone <laughs> begins to drop, so it starts to balance. It's what happens. <laughs> but on the, flip, on the flip side of that, you know, what, you know, one of the things is, again, I, you know, we did not do it perfectly, but one of the things is I want people to not make the same mistakes. Sure. And there's two things I regret looking back at my marriage. Number one, I do wish I would have been able to let John make more mistakes. And, and again, let him take risks and, and not be so fearful. When he said, I want to do something, I'd be like, no, I don't do that. Like be so scared <laughs> and be so fearful. I really wish yeah. mm -hmm. I would have just enjoyed the risk taking and, the, and whatever and not been so fearful. I wish, so I, wish I would have allowed him freedom and not said, see, I told you so, or anything like, I wish I wouldn't have done that. And then the other thing is, James Abed, I wish I would have loved him more fearlessly mm -hmm. because for the first, uh, the first probably 10 years of our marriage, I was reserved because I was afraid if I gave all of my heart to him, then he might break it. Mm -hmm. So I kept wow. some of my heart back. And I remember John would, he would say, I don't know how long we have to be married before you give me everything but I'm not going to leave you, Lisa. But because of what I was raised with, with my dad or so, I just was guarded. And I remember the day I, I sat down and I said, God, I want to be all in. I want to give all of my heart to my husband. And if he leaves me and I give it all my heart, then I know that I was all in. But if I only give half and there's a problem, then I never was fully invested. And that was a, that was a huge turning point for us. And, and just letting that go and learning to love fearlessly. And then, you know, John told on himself last time, but there was a season where I was, I was really upset with John. And okay, and this is embarrassing. Now at the time I thought it was dramatic, but um, I realize now it's embarrassing. But I, I said to him, we're married, but we are not engaged. And so I took my wedding, my, I kept my wedding ring on, but I took off my engagement ring for I think 18 months. I mean, just 18 months of a constant statement of we're married, but not engaged. Just, just I don't even, I, I'm so sorry, it's embarrassing. But, but I remember we were at a standoff on a decision. And I was alone, us. yeah, I was alone in prayer, and God said, Lisa, I need you to tell me that you're enough for me. And I said, no, if I tell you that you're enough for me, you're probably not gonna do anything with John. I need to, I need to know that you're gonna change John. I don't wanna hear you, I don't wanna hear Lisa. You know, and so he said, I need you to tell me. I'm like, what about John? He said, just tell me. So sometimes God just needs us to open up our heart. So I started to say, God, you're, you're enough for me. You're enough for me. Whether John ever changes or not, you're enough for me. But when I started to say that it changed from you're enough for me to God, you're more than enough for me. And it opened up my heart to my husband so that when he did come in that night and he was like, I'm so sorry, my heart was already open. And I didn't say, well, you know what? You've been a jerk for two. I, I, I said, I forgive you. I forgive you. And, you know, there were instances early on in our marriage where John struggled with pornography at the beginning of our marriage. And I have to be honest with you, because of my past, I didn't think I deserved anything better. I thought, you know, I, I, I deserve this. 
I can't be angry at him, but but it scared me and it, and it bothered me. And I remember, you know, we would have a fight about it. And I remember one day God said, I need you to forgive him. And I said, well, I'll forgive him when he changes. Mm-hmm. And God said, no, you actually need to forgive him so he can change. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was such a hard thing for me. It grieved John. He hated it. But when I shamed him, it continued to trap him in it. And it was, and so these were things that we opened up and talked about because wow. people, they need to know these things so they can move forward. And it was early, very early on our marriage, way before he was in the ministry. So That's powerful. Yeah. And for you to be able to do what you did, that, that was a first step toward probably freedom for you was the way she began to have more of a godlike view toward you and your situation. Is that correct? Yes. That was yeah. part of the liberation. Yeah, I mean, um, she, she, she has helped me in so many ways and empowered me in so many ways. And I think that's what we have to understand about each other is I can hold Lisa back. I can be like a roadblock for her and she can hold me back and be like a roadblock for me. Mm-hmm. Or she can be like something that pushes a car, you know, propels mm-hmm. it. Sure. And what she did there propelled me, made me want to be free that much more, made me want to really humble myself before God. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, you know, sometimes the things we fight for in our marriages or fight against in our marriages, we end up becoming literally a roadblock to our spouse and helping them to get to where God really wants them to be just by the way we respond to them. Mm -hmm. And so we can either be our spouse's greatest ally or we can be our spouse's greatest enemy depending upon how we respond to their mistakes Mm. and to their shortcomings. Mm -hmm. Because you're not going to marry, none of us have married perfect spouses. Mm -hmm. So that's why I believe the Bible tells us to forgive one another, to forbear with one another, which means forbear means I'm going to put up with it knowing that you are, are going to get through this and you have a desire to get through this. Now, one thing is, is that there are some spouses, they don't want to get out of it. Yeah. Okay. They're in it. Yeah. They like it. They don't want to get out of it. They don't think they need to get out of it. That wasn't me. But, but I think in those situations, you, you, you know, forbearance is not the word. Forbearance is the word, but the right word is bring it to a crisis. I mean, I talked about this on the last show, this one time when she said, oh no, you're not coming in this weekend. She brought something in my life to a crisis that needed to be brought to a crisis. I went and prayed and I have never, I'll be honest with you, it was, it was what, first three years of marriage? I hit her once and I was like, I was horrified, but yet, when she locked me out and said, you're not coming back in. And when I went and prayed, it's never happened since because I really got free. Mm-hmm. So in other words, if I would have been the husband's like, well, forget it. You're a jerk. You, you throw plates at me. I can hit you. Well, then now there, there's a, that's a different situation because there are abused people out there and mostly women. And, 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 and so I don't want to give any woman out there that's watching us right now the feeling of, oh gosh, I'm putting up with my husband being physically abusive with me. I need to forbear with this. Mm-hmm. That's not, we don't he's want not them, changing, we don't want them in danger. He that, he's not crying out and saying, God, I need help going and seeking help. Then you know what? She needs, she needs to lock him out of the house, yeah. move him home with mom, you know, let him get a few spankings from mom again or something. I don't know. But dad. from dad, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but that's really, really important. And I think that in our marriages, I know this, that we have to learn how to fight for each other and fight for the marriage because the marriage is very valuable to God. So we need to learn how to fight for it, not against it. Mm-hmm. You know, I know both of you pretty well and I love both of you like family. 
And uh, I know both your personalities. They're about as strong as any two people I've ever seen. I mean, it's like the immovable object meets the irresistible force. <laughs> I mean, it's like a hydrogen bomb uh, marry, marries a nitrogen bomb or yeah. an atomic bomb. I mean, here it is. I mean, it's just incredible. And, and yet, the, the, what you've been through is not surprising. Yeah. The fact that you're able to talk about it because of the miracle of what God wants to offer every one of us. And the two of you are really miracles in the sense that both of you are very gifted, you're very dynamic, and you're very strong in your personalities. And what God has done with you, if he can do this with you, yeah. or you can talk this openly, this honest, this lovingly, for one another and for others and want to do it, then it's a real miracle of God. Would you all agree mm -hmm. we're looking at a miracle of what God wants for us in our marriage? And, and James, let me say this one more thing. The thing I'm hoping that I've conveyed, and you know, you've had me talk about other things on the program and Lisa, but what I'm trying to convey on this, this is, is that God doesn't say do it perfectly. He says does it, do it well. He wants to, we want to hear him say well done. And I realize that this is a journey and all of us are still on a journey. You two are still on a journey. As, as, right. as, as beautiful as you two are and as, as much of a role model you are to us, it's a journey, and, and people need to think of it like that. Yes. That you don't hit roadblocks, you hit speed bumps. That's right. And, when, and, and there's going to be speed bumps. Get through it and just keep going towards the destination because my number one goal in life is that when I leave this earth, she's more in love with me than the day we married. My number two goal is that when she leaves this earth, I'm more in love with her right. than the day we got married. That's my And top if you're in love with Jesus, that'll be the case. That's exactly. If you love Jesus with all your heart, you're going to love each other properly. Yeah. And that really is a fact. The reason our marriage made it is, number one, we committed to him. We absolutely did. And he knew that. I mean, we lost our life in his purpose. And that we really meant that. So that was commitment one. Yep. And it has to be commitment one with everybody, no matter where you are in your marriage. Mm -hmm. And it's still there. And therefore, we're able to walk through. And by the way, the journey is the goal. Yeah. You just walk the journey. You just walk the road. If you'd like to have the book, by the way, there's their website. You want to see what they're doing to share with pastors and church leaders and people in need all over the world. You can see it. You may want to support them. Be wonderful if you do. If you'd like to have the book, we're asking you to help us share water. We have some other things to share with you, to give to you, to bless you when you help us share water. And we'll also send you the book if you'd like it. Would you just say thanks to John and Lisa because they're going to bless you. I'm going to show you, John and Lisa, something that we find such joy doing. And both of you have been in the mission field with us, so you know how real it is, what happens. Love works. It never fails. I want you to listen, and then I want you to ask God while you're listening, what can I do that would please you and really bless that situation? Watch. This is Fong Mei. Her two boys, Vanuk and Dang, are inseparable. They do everything with their mother, even when she is laboring, chopping this root to sell in the market. Fong will basically work around the clock, knowing she has to fill 13 large bags just to earn $2.50. Thinking about the hardship of her labor does not seem to affect Fong because it allows her to provide life in the form of food for her children. But when it comes to the only water available to them, there is something she constantly thinks about, death. The death of her seven-year-old son, Dorn, who died from a waterborne illness caused by this very same water. <laughs> I 
After hearing Fong's sorrowful story, our team surrounded her to offer as much comfort as we could. Fong had expressed to us that her two boys now are always sick from drinking the water, and she could not bear losing another child. We don't want to see that happen ever again to Fong, and it won't if the resources needed can be secured so that we can drill a water well in her village. And we can because we know there's water there. And viewers like you over the last years have bought numerous drilling rigs costing as much as $300,000 to $500,000. You gave them. So they're ready to go to the site, but what we need to be able to do is support the movement, the petro, all of the pipes, the drilling equipment, in order to get them in each one of those locations. We have located five regions, Betty, where we can drill, and we need $4,800, the average cost of a well. I believe that here in this audience and all over the world that there are individuals who can drill a well and that everyone watching can at least give toward a well. $48 is what comes in to pay for most of the drilling. And you can break it out and say that gives 10 people water the rest of their life. But there are some who can give 1,200, 2,400, or 4,800 and pay for part of a well or an entire well. And I'm believing our viewers are going to be an answer to the the heart cry of that precious mother. Well, you know, James, she was working very, very hard to provide food for her children. She would do anything. She worked hours upon hours just to get food for them for $2 a day. And yet, she can't do anything about the water that she has to offer them because that's all that they have, knowing that that water will possibly kill her children. That heart of that mother is broken because she sees what's coming if something's not done. Will you please join with us and let's, let's give life to that little precious family and those many others just like them that do all they can do, but they can do nothing more without our help. Please join with us and let's drill these water wells. And Father, I want to join my heart and my hands with Betty because she so well expresses the heart of a mother, a grandmother, someone who cares so deeply and understands. Father, and I believe there are viewers who understand what that mother feels. And so I pray today you will answer with an outpouring of love, undeniable expression of your love through the act of giving and helping in Jesus' name. There is a phone number there on the screen. You can go immediately to lifetoday.org. Many, many of our friends now are going there and immediately using your bank card, you make a gift. Or you can call and make a gift using your bank card. Or if you want to, you can write a check, make it to life. But call us and tell us you're sending it in. It's very important that we allow our drilling teams and our mission workers to know we can come to your area, we can go to that area. And we've got 12 countries, 500 sites to drill a well. Could you drill one of them? you might be able to drill more than one. I believe if you can, you will. If you can give a portion of a well, 1,200, 2,400, pray for three to join you or one to join you, and we've got a well. If you can give an entire well, 4,800, do it. But those of you who give 48, or let's take the example, 144, 
you've given 10 people or 30 people basically water the rest of their life, a single gift that keeps giving. So would you right now make that gift? Go online or call the number. We have some gifts to send you to say thank you. But I know you're giving to bless. And that in itself is blessing enough. Thank you for doing it. Every day, millions of children are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink filthy, polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most exciting and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, we can establish and drill 500 water wells for remote villages in over 12 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10 people. $72 will impact 15 people. And $144 will help provide fresh, clean, disease-free water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, you'll receive the Everyday A New Day devotional. Broken out into the four seasons of the year, this daily devotional features scriptures, inspirational thoughts, a Bible reading plan, and a place for you to journal each day. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request the Names of Jesus pen set, one inscribed with the names of Jesus found in Scripture, and the other reflecting the gifts of the Spirit. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people, or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well, and request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your secure gift online today. You know, the numbers can be daunting at times. There are so many people around the world who are suffering from the lack of clean water. Just yesterday, I heard a story about a mother who lost her two-year-old daughter to contaminated water. Now she's just hoping her one-year-old boy is going to survive. She's hoping. There's thousands more that are still drinking contaminated water every day and they're just hoping to somehow survive. So please go to your phones, go to the website, whatever's the most convenient, and give that generous gift today, because it's through the generosity of people's giving that lives here can be changed forever through a simple cup of clean water. Well, Betty and I, from the depth of our hearts, say thank you. Uh, if you dialed the number got a busy, please get through. Give a cup of water in Jesus' name, whatever you can do. If you'd like to have the story of marriage, John and Lisa Bevere, two of the people we love and respect so much, appreciate. And I think they will be a great blessing to you, what they share. If you'd like to have it, simply ask for it. Please join Betty and me saying thanks to John and Lisa for being back in the We love you guys very, very much. Thank all of you. Go to stream.org every day. Stream.org every day. Read something that matters, pass it up. Facebook forward.
be sure to visit stream.org, a rich and lively source for breaking news, analysis, and entertainment. Stream.org. Tomorrow, international Bible teacher and author Beth Moore explains that when Satan has his way, people are out of control and out of community. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.